0: Friday, May 13th, and this is VOA's International Edition. I am China in Washington. Coming up in the next half hour, Russian forces continue their push towards Odessa and other parts of the region amid Ukrainian resistance.
1: Russian fire jets fly low here. He fires flares to deceive the anti-aircraft defense before attacking the Ukrainian positions.
0: UN Human Rights Chief says dozens of bodies have been recovered in the Ukrainian capital, Kyiv.
2: My office continues to verify allegations of violations of international human rights law and of international humanitarian law, many of which may amount
0: to war crimes. And the U.S. marks a grim milestone of over one million COVID deaths. We'll have these stories and more next on International Edition. Stay tuned. Russian forces have been launching continuous artillery attacks on targets in southeastern Ukraine, continuing their push towards Odessa and other parts of the region. For VOA, Jan Boshad reports from Zaporizhia Oblast in southern Ukraine.
1: Russian fire jets fly low here. He fires flares to deceive the anti-aircraft defense before attacking the Ukrainian positions. On the ground, the result is destruction. There is hardly anyone left in these small villages here in Donbass, eastern Ukraine. They look like ghost towns now. Only the soldiers are here, hiding. Everything seems calm when the bombs aren't falling. Everything looks peaceful. But it's just appearance. It is in places like this that the Ukrainian war is being fought. Igor lives in Kamyansky, the last Ukrainian-dominated position south of Zaporizhia, in southern Ukraine. While in Ukrainian hands, this small town went under Russian control and a month ago returned it to the Ukrainian soldiers. Igor says he has nowhere to go, no friends or family. He says he prefers to stay here. Health conditions no longer allow us to run to the bomb shelter all the time, you know. Those who have left, some of them have heart problems. My wife, for instance, has problems with her legs. Those who bring us food, spread it around. And here we are, just two of us left on this street. He lives with his wife, Irina, and their dogs, who are increasingly frightened by the constant explosions. Irina says they have been living in this shelter for almost three months.
3: How do we live here?
4: During the shelling, we come down. That's how we live. The third month of the war is already underway and a third month of shelling. We go out, of course, as long as there is no shelling, but we are sleeping in the basement because at night it is not clear when they will start to fire and to run down here from home is always a risk for our lives.
1: The soldiers hiding trenches not far from here in an eternal wait. Machines dig up the land that should be producing wheat. When not being bombed, board soldiers are constantly watching for possible enemy movement. Here in the Donbass region, they enjoy the spring sun and play at being farmers by planting onions in the trenches. In this artillery war, trenches are the homes of these soldiers. Here they eat, here they sleep, and here they often also die. Yabuesha for VOA News, Zaporizhia, Ukraine.
0: Finland said on Thursday it must apply to join NATO, quote, without delay in a major policy shift triggered by Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Moscow said the move was, quote, definitely, unquote, a threat and warned it was ready to respond. Rachel Graham of Reuters reports.
3: Finland must join the NATO military alliance without delay, the country's president and prime minister confirmed on Thursday. In a major policy shift for the country, triggered by Russia's invasion of Ukraine, Moscow said the move was definitely a threat and that it was ready to respond. Having long warned Finland of consequences should it choose to join NATO, the Kremlin added that the expansion of the military bloc would not make Europe or the world more stable. But Finland's neighbour Sweden is also close to a decision on asking to join NATO after decades of following a neutral path. The announcement represents a huge setback for Russia, which had partly attempted to justify its invasion of Ukraine as a means to protect itself from NATO's eastwards expansion. The Finnish parliament will debate the announcement on Monday. Foreign Minister Pekka Visto told EU lawmakers the move would improve security in the Baltic Sea region.
0: Russia's uh, invasion of Ukraine has altered the European and Finnish security environment. However, Finland is not facing an immediate military threat.
3: Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov told reporters that Russia wanted to avoid a direct clash with NATO but the Moscow was prepared to make a decisive response to anyone that tried to hinder Russia's special military operation in Ukraine. Finland shares an 810-mile border with Russia that will more than double the current frontier between the U.S.-led alliance and Russia and put NATO guards a few hours' drive from the northern outskirts of St. Petersburg. Finland has gradually stepped up its cooperation with the North Atlantic Treaty Organization since Russia annexed Crimea in 2014. But it had resisted joining NATO in order to maintain friendly relations with its eastern neighbour until Russia's invasion of Ukraine in February. Ahead of Thursday's statement, Finnish President Sauli Ninisto said its move to join NATO demonstrated that Russia's actions had it backed into a corner.
0: If that would be the case that we join, well, my response would be that you caused this. Look at the mirror. That's Rachel Graham of Reuters. The UN Human Rights Chief Michelle Bakilek said on Thursday that a thousand bodies had been recovered in the area of the Ukrainian capital, Kiev, in recent weeks. She added that many of the violations the UN are verifying since the Russian invasion may amount to war crimes. The Human Rights Council will decide whether to task investigators with an official probe into the events that occurred in Kiev and other regions in February and March. Russia denies targeting civilians and calls its actions in Ukraine since February 24th a, quote, special military operation, unquote. Moscow says the goal is to disarm the country, and read it, of what the Kremlin calls anti-Russian nationalism fomented by the West in Ukraine, while the West says Russia launched an unprovoked war of aggression.
2: My office continues to verify allegations of violations of international human rights law and of international humanitarian law, many of which may amount to war crimes. The scale of unlawful killings, including indicia of summary executions in areas to the north of Kiev is shocking. While we have information about 300 such killings, the figures will continue to increase as new evidence becomes available. To date, over 1,000 civilian bodies have been recovered in the Kiev region alone. Some of these people were killed in hostilities, others appear to have been summarily executed Others still have died because of stress due to their health caused by hostilities and the lack of medical aid. They have spent weeks in basements, basement being threatened by Russian soldiers with abuse or death if they tried to leave. Overall, since 24 of February, we have documented 204 cases of enforced disappearance. Of them, 169 men, 34 women, 1 boy the overwhelming majority of them by Russian armed forces and affiliated armed groups. Among them are public officials, journalists, civil society activists, retired servicemen of the armed forces, as well
0: as other civilians. Thus, UN Human Rights Chief Michelle Bakelet. Top diplomats from the group of seven wealthiest democracies gathered in northern Germany to discuss several issues, including the war in Ukraine and energy and food security, Associated Press correspondent Karen
3: Chamans reports. The meeting at the Baltic Sea Resort of Weisenhaus, located northeast of Hamburg, takes place amid tight security, with about 3,500 police officers deployed at the event site. The foreign ministers of Ukraine and Moldova have been invited as guests. Speaking in Berlin, Ukrainian Foreign Minister Dmitry Kuleba welcomed the German government's recent decisions to step up military support for his country.
1: Whether I take the supply of weapons or the sanctions that need to be imposed against, against Russia, we see that the positive, positive dynamic. He
5: also expressed hope that
3: the European Union would soon approve Ukraine's application to start the process of joining the bloc, saying his country would also be an asset to the EU.
1: The European Union needs Ukraine as much as Ukraine needs the European Union.
3: I'm Karen Chamas. President
0: Biden is co-hosting the second global summit on COVID-19 and marking what he calls, quote, a tragic, unquote, milestone. AP correspondent Mike Hampton reports. The president will convene a second virtual summit on the pandemic and mark one
4: million deaths in the United States. The U.S. hasn't actually reached that figure, but it's close. The CDC puts the U.S. death toll at 995,000. In a statement released this morning, Biden says as a nation, we must not grow numb to such sorrow. He says we must remain vigilant against this pandemic and do everything we can to save as many lives as possible. The president wants Congress to provide more funding for testing, vaccines, and treatments, something lawmakers have been unwilling to do. Mike Hemp in Washington.
0: The UN Children's Fund, UNICEF, says the record drought in Ethiopia has led to a dramatic increase in desperate parents marrying off their children with reported child marriages more than doubling so far this year. Aid groups are trying to get much-needed water and other help to drought-hit families to try to curb the trend and protect girls. Linda Giftas reports from Gode, Ethiopia.
6: Unable to feed themselves or their families, people in Ethiopia's Somali region are fleeing to displacement camps in search of aid. They are also using any means to improve their economic situation. Nasteho Bahar Abdi married at 14, but she had to remarry this year because her first husband failed to support her and two daughters. She asks, what else could she do? She says she lost all she had. She has no skills, no work. All that she had was taken by the drought. She did not get an education. She says her children are now suffering. Girls getting married before they are 18 is common culturally throughout the country. UNICEF says 40% of Ethiopian women were married at under 18. Faced with economic pressures from the drought, experts say marrying daughters can be a form of relief to families by giving them one less mouth to feed and gaining a bride price. Utpal Moitra is UNICEF Somali region chief field officer. He says there's a spike in such practices in wardas or in the administrative districts.
1: Where the drought war had hit and was sort of notified as the hotspot Wardas. we saw like 63% increase. Of course, these are sort of anecdotal, what we picked up from the different warridas and talking to the communities, but the fact that that number itself gives a pretty scary situation about children.
6: UNICEF says survey suggests child marriages have doubled in the region, but cases could be even higher. Families do not openly discuss the issue, and marriages aren't formally registered, because legally the minimum age for marriage in Ethiopia is 18. Advocates such as Moitra say raising awareness about the risk to girls may help to discourage the practice.
1: We are seeing where young mothers, you know, whether the malnutrition levels are very high, and the children giving, their, the children that they are giving birth to, are also sort of suffering from acute malnutrition.
6: Keeping children in the classroom may also help protect girls from early marriage and pregnancy. Alanur Mohammed with Save the Children stresses the importance of education.
0: Education is the key uh, to
2: combat you know the, the, the early child marriage. You know, it keeps them busy uh, at schools. You know, we tell parents that you know investing in child is something that you know that can help them to have a good returns than having these short times, you know, economic benefits from marriage, you know, transactions, you know.
6: Abdi, who recently remarried, learned to raise livestock rather than going to school. Those skills have limited her and others like her amid the drought. She says she wants a different future for her daughters. She says she's planning to teach her children, take them to school when they reach school age. She says if Allah blesses her with wealth, she would love to see her children educated. Abdi says she also encourages other girls in her community to go to school rather than wed. Linda Giftash for VOA News, Goday, Ethiopia.
0: In other news, scientists for the first time have grown plants in soil from the moon collected by NASA's Apollo Astronauts. The University of Florida researchers had no idea if anything would grow in moon dirt, so they planted tail crests last year in lunar soil returned by Apollo 11's Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin and other moonwalkers. All the seeds sprouted, but the plants ended up stunted. Scientists plan to plant more tail crests before possibly moving on to other vegetation. NASA says the timing of such an experiment was finally right as the space agency looks to put astronauts back on the moon. For more on this story and other breaking news, visit our website at VOAnews.com. Remember to connect with us on social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Search for VOA Africa. You are listening to VOA's International Edition. I am Chin-Hedua in Washington. Google has unveiled augmented reality glasses that displays translations of conversations in real time, and it laid out additional plans to break the real world and its digital universe of search maps and other services using artificial intelligence. Francisco Lenar of Reuters reports. A decade
5: after the debut of Google Glass, Google has unveiled a new pair of glasses with a built in computer. At its annual Google Developer Conference, the company showed a video of its glasses prototype, displaying captions in English, Mandarin, Spanish, and American Sign Language. The unnamed pair of specs were teased alongside other new AI-enabled products as part of Google's plans to bridge the real world and its digital universe of search, maps, and other devices using artificial intelligence.
1: It's the first watch built inside and out by Google.
5: The company yeah, demonstrated a feature that lets users take video of store shelves with various products and ask the search app to perform functions, such as identify options from black-owned businesses. Google also says Maps will soon launch an immersive view for some big cities that fuses street view and aerial images.
6: It allows you to explore a place like never before. Let's go to London and take a look. What a beautiful
1: city say you're planning to visit Westminster with your family, you can get into this immersive view straight from maps on your phone, and you can pan around the
3: sides. To build more inclusive products across Google.
5: The tech giant also unveiled a palette of 10 skin tones that it describes as a step forward in making gadgets and apps that better serve people of color. The company partnered with Harvard University sociologist Ellis Monk, who studies colorism monk says he had felt dehumanized by cameras that failed to detect his face and reflect his skin tone
0: and i developed a 10 point skin tone scale with the goal of making sure that everyone across the skin tone continuum feels represented
5: google also teased a tablet to be launched in 2023 and a smartwatch that will go on sale in late 2022 the new hardware is part of a strategy to offer products comparable to rival Apple that could provide rich rewards from Google's ad sales. The company still derives most of its revenue from ads, but devices could matter more for Google over the long run.
0: That's Francesca Renault of Reuters. An image once thought impossible becomes reality. Plus, the International Space Station has four fewer passengers you might have heard of the company that was trying to catch a rocket from the sky. They did it. Sadoff. The OSR Asharabasadi brings us the week in space.
7: Sagittarius A-star, as it's known, is four million times more massive than our sun. The image comes from the Event Horizon Telescope, or EHT, that linked together eight radio observatories from around the world to create an Earth-sized virtual telescope. EHT says the ongoing collaboration will allow scientists to share even more impressive images in the future. Also this week, NASA's SpaceX Crew-3 safely splashed down in the Gulf of Mexico after 177 days in orbit and having circled Earth more than 2,800 times. The mission started late last week with Crew-3 packing their bags and climbing aboard a SpaceX Dragon capsule dubbed Endurance for this mission. NASA astronauts Kayla Barron, Raja Shari, former station commander Tom Marshburn and their European counterpart Matthias Maurer had been aboard the International Space Station since November. NASA says Crew-3 conducted experiments ranging from new life support technology to how concrete hardens in microgravity. They completed four tandem spacewalks to both modernize and repair parts of the ISS. The endurance splashdown marked the busiest month yet for SpaceX. The private spaceflight company had already sent replacements to the ISS Crew-3 in addition to launching a private spaceflight. SpaceX has now launched 26 people into orbit in less than two years, with eight of them being space tourists. In other news, a new report to the World Meteorological Organization paints a grim picture for our planet's climate. The international study from 11 forecast centers around the planet shows a 93% chance that the world will set a new record for the hottest year by the end of 2026. Experts say this is a cause for alarm. Experts have long warned that 1.5 degrees Celsius global temperature rise would trigger devastating results, including more severe droughts and storms. The report predicts a 50-50 chance the world surpasses that threshold in the next five years. Finally this week, California-based Rocket Lab did what everyone seems to be doing these days when they launched a rocket from New Zealand. But here's the twist. Instead of a controlled landing like its competitors, a helicopter caught the booster mid-air. The real-world test did suffer a setback as pilots noticed a weight imbalance and ultimately dumped the booster in the ocean. Rocket Lab did, however, fully succeed in sending 34 satellites into orbit. Arash Air Basati, VOA News. is science
4: in a minute big news has the astronomy community buzzing with excitement an international team of scientists who are members of the event horizon telescope collaboration say they have imaged the sagittarius a star or sag a star the supermassive black hole that was long thought to exist in the heart of the milky way The collaboration says in multiple press releases that the image they captured proves that the black hole does indeed exist in the middle of our galaxy. Scientists say Sag A-star is around 26,000 light years from Earth and has a mass equal to about 4.1 million suns. The Event Horizon Telescope isn't just a single telescope. It's a network of radio telescopes located around the world that work together as one. I'm VOA's Rick
1: Pantaleo.
2: Hi, I'm Kim Lewis. Join me and a panel of journalists as we discuss the top stories of the week, including the potential fall of the Abortion Rights Act, Roe v. Wade, as lawmakers and officials in multiple U.S. states signaling they want to pass more restrictions on reproductive rights. This topic and more on Issues in the News this Saturday and Sunday on The Voice of
3: America. Hello, I'm Carol Castiel. Next up, we reprise the debate over the pros and cons of the Iran nuclear deal, also known as the JCPOA diplomatic efforts are underway to salvage the stalled negotiations aimed at preventing iran from obtaining a nuclear weapon the main obstacle is tehran's demand that washington drop the islamic revolutionary guard corps from its list of foreign terrorist organizations that's encounter this saturday and sunday on the voice of america
0: This has been international edition on the voice of america on behalf of the entire production team thank you so much for listening visit our website for in-depth coverage of world events and news 24 hours a day at voanews.com until next time i am chinelo for in washington wishing you a great weekend Next, an editorial
7: reflecting the views of the United States government.
8: A brutal ISIS terrorist faced justice in April when he was found guilty of participating in the heinous acts that led to the violent kidnapping, torture, and deaths of American aid workers and journalists, as well as the deaths of British and Japanese nationals in Syria. A federal jury in Virginia convicted former British citizen El Shafi El Sheikh for his role in a hostage-taking scheme that held more than two dozen people captive during the Islamic State's reign of terror between 2012 and 2015. The scheme resulted in the murder of three American men, journalists James Foley and Stephen Sotloff and humanitarian aid worker Peter Kasich and one woman, aid worker Kayla Mueller. The three men were beheaded, and their murders were filmed and used for propaganda videos. Kayla Mueller was forced into sexual slavery and repeatedly raped by Islamic State leader Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi before she died under unknown circumstances. In a statement, the U.S. Department of Justice noted that evidence presented during the trial showed that El Sheikh and two other ISIS members, dubbed the Beatles by the hostages because of their British accents, supervised the terrorist organization's jails and detention facilities at which the hostages were held. They were known for engaging in a prolonged pattern of physical and psychological violence against hostages. Thirty-five witnesses testified during the trial, including 12 former hostages, hostages who detailed violent and persistent beatings, sexual assaults, waterboarding, and forcible exposure to the murder of other hostages. The jury found El Sheikh guilty on all eight counts, including hostage-taking resulting in death, conspiring to murder Americans outside the United States, and conspiring to provide material support to terrorists. El Sheikh faces a mandatory sentence of life in prison and is scheduled to be sentenced in August after the verdict, Diane Foley mother of slain journalist James Foley praised the American justice system, pointing out that el-Sheikh had four attorneys defending him el-Shafi el-Sheikh was treated with a great deal of mercy, she said. Hopefully, we were able to turn this into justice, not revenge. The case also highlights that either in a court of law or on the battlefield, a message for terrorists sent by President Biden earlier this year holds fast. We will come after you and find you.
7: That was an editorial reflecting the views of the United States government.